crispy, crispy. A Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey everybody, how's it going? My name is Chris Kiefer and this is the RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. Rocky Mountain ATV is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes, low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. It's easy to see why you guys should be shopping over there. You guys know what I'm going to say. Go to KieferInkTesting.com, click on the RMATVMC banner, continue to do your shopping, and that helps us on the back end, gives us a snippet of what you're buying. Thank you guys for doing that. I checked it this morning. You guys are buying some parts, I see. So that's good news. It's good news for industry, and uh, thank you very much. Fly Racing, the guy in studio right now is a converted Fly Racing guy. We're going to discuss that here in a minute. But go to flyracing.com. Look at the new 2021 gear. Get yourself a Formula helmet. It saved my head last week. So I was trying to be Jeffrey Hurlings, and I ran out of talent, and I crushed my helmet. But my noggin was safe. So go check out all of the protective things that Fly Racing offers over at flyracing.com. Race Tech, Rob, Chris, and the guys over there do great work. Get your suspension done. Get your freaking oil changed. Do some bushing maintenance. Do some seal maintenance. Change those sons of bitches out. Go to racetech.com. Hit me up, Chris, at keyforinktesting.com. And I'll get you a discount code, save yourself some money, make your suspension better, make your life better. Chances are that'll leak down into your home life because you'll be happier. Your wife will see that, and then you guys won't be fighting. There's no domestic violence in this podcast, Dallas. Hi, Dallas. You want to pick up? Oh, look. Hey, there you go. He's here. Hey, how's it going? Dallas Dunn, he is... um, Here's the thing about Dallas. This is why we're having this podcast. So, first of all, this podcast is about... RM Army, 2020 RMZ 450. If you guys listened to last week's show, I told you about we're going to do this. But there is a living, breathing RM owner sitting in my house right now. And it's rare. This is a rare thing. This is like finding a unicorn and like harnessing it and trapping it and putting it into my studio. You're an, you actually bought a Suzuki. Yeah, I, uh, I bought it. It was the perfect bike for me with the price point I had to work with and I think if a lot of other people would actually ride the bike rather than just talk crap on it, uh-huh. they would see it's not that bad. There's a lot of haters out there, man. There is a lot of haters on RM Army, but I've talked about this on the Pulp Show. I've discussed this. I think me and you have discussed this before. They're reliable bikes. Uh, they actually work pretty damn good. We need Suzuki in our industry because, like you said, the price point is much more inexpensive than a Honda. Oh yeah. So, a lot. I mean, I got my bike for it. That is the sole purpose of why you bought a Suzuki, right? Cuz of the price. Yeah. You uh, wanted a new bike, but you wanted 
you had an X amount to spend, and that's what you did. Yeah, and, and I I came off Suzuki's before. I had a fourteen, and um, I just liked how they corner, and I liked the uh, the throttle character. You know, it wasn't going to just rip rip my arms off. So I like that. How about much the did Suzuki. you get for your your arm? I mean, not for it. How much did you buy it for? Uh, I got an eighty one hundred out the door, and you just sold it. Yeah. You sold your arm army. I know. I was a little, I, I'm I, like right now. How much did you sell it for? I got fifty, fifty three hundred. So you, so you rode a, two years on it. Uh, a year and a half. So almost two years for three grand. Yeah, and Basically, that's how I look at it, right? Like eighty one hundred, fifty whatever, three grand to to ride dirt bikes for two years. Yeah, I probably could have got a little more, but I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to wait around. I just wanted to get rid of it. I try to tell guys. And maybe you know this, but I try to tell people out there, if you're on the new bike program, if you, you do like new bikes, try to get a new bike every two years. That way, if it's, it's, it's the least expensive way to get new bikes. Because then, like you said, you just spent $3,000. You got $5,500, $5, you said? $5,300. $5,300 back. That way, you keep getting a new bike underneath you. It keeps it fun. You only lose an X amount of money. It's not depreciating that much if you keep it four to five years. So if you can afford it, three grand, that would be my advice to you guys out there is try to do it every two years. If you can do it every year, great. I know that's kind of hard to do at times, but every two years is a great plan. That way, the value of your bike doesn't depreciate, and then when you sell it, you only lose the minimal amount. Yeah. And dude, honestly... Fifty three hundred bucks. There wasn't. We're going to talk about what was on your bike, but dude, that's actually a good. That's a good resale value for you. You know, fifty three hundred dollars. That's damn good. Yeah, and actually, it's crazy right now because how the coronavirus and everything used bike prices are really they went up a lot because the dealers don't have no bikes for sale, so the used market has. Yeah, that's true. Increased. I never thought of it like yeah. that, but I guess that's true because I know even in our media testing world, we have our test bikes. These manufacturers are wanting their bikes back as soon as we're done. Like, hey, what do you plan on doing with this bike? Uh, if you don't have anything going on with it, please, we want it back so we could sell it. So these things are just going out all the time. Like before Loretta's, we tried to buy Aiden a Honda. We couldn't buy Aiden a Honda because there was none around. So there was like two available in California. So as bad as this virus is going, it's good for industry, at least right now. I'm sure we're going to see it dip uh, when this calms down, which could be maybe after the election, but that's another podcast that we don't want. I don't even want to go there right now. This no. stuff's just it's too horrible. Much. A lot of crap going on in the world, but let's let's keep it simple. Dirt bikes. Um, real quick before we move on, thank you to those out of you out there that emailed me and have been supporting my advertisers. I appreciate it, and uh, I wish I had a dealership that was part of Kiefering Testing that we could. Uh, reference Suzuki's to, but I don't have one. The dealership that I go through, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and KTM only. So if you guys are looking for a good price on a new bike that is one of those three brands, you can hit me up at my email address, and I will get you the best deal possible. So today, Dallas and I, Dallas was in charge of my RMZ450 test bike. He also had the pleasure of having his own bike, so he kind of went back and forth on your two bikes that you had. Um, you can go to Kieferink Testing or you can go to uh, my Instagram pages or Dallas's. What is your Instagram? At Dallas underscore done. You dress it up pretty cool. It's all white. 
Yeah, we did that. You know, you got the um, Acer- how's it say? Cherubies? Yeah, Cherubies. Yeah, you got that good, kit good over there. And then uh, the boys over at Era, they sent us a cool kit. Yeah, I like Era stuff. I like the little, um, man, The it's like, it's not die cut numbers, but they only have the actual number and everything else is is gone. I don't want to put these freaking big ass preprints on my, my number plates. So like I think I want to do that for my next. Setup. Dude, it's just so clean. It's, it's, it's easy. easy, especially if you race local. You don't need all the other shit on there. So if you guys see my bikes with just the number and everything else gone, that's from Era. They do a good job about that. It looks cool. So yeah, so he, we had a white. I'm not a big fan of white, but the Suzuki looked really bitching. I like that. You did a good job with the color scheme and everything you did. Um, so real quick, what did you have on your own personal bike? What did you do to it? Personal bike, the I think the first mod I did was the uh, Ride Engineering Lower Link, the one millimeter longer. Yep. Uh, that was when I was, I still got the bike, but I was looking at your side a lot and seeing what you guys were doing with your 18. And um, so that was the first mod on my personal bike. And then I did um, FMF tie F4.1 slip-on exhaust. That helped a lot. And then um, from there, went to No Toil. They did the... I basically did the same stuff that you did to our bike. Our bike, okay. Yeah, well, let's go test over bike. our bike then. So it's the same stuff. I mean, I had I had a, a few extra little nicks and knacks that I I had got from a, a buddy that had got some stuff from JGR. So I had the. Oh, that's uh, right. You did get that stuff from JGR. Yeah, I had the W wheels with the. Yeah, the, dude, the yellow rims look sick. Yeah, they they looked really good. Yellow rims on a Suzuki old school style look really cool. I like it. Um, so. Let's dive into the stock bike. What does the stock bike need? For me, and I'll, I'll give my point of view. Maybe you can give yours afterwards. But the RMZ450 is really, really good off the bottom end. It has good bottom end response. It's snappy. It has good connection. Um, a couple things missing for me in the engine is just overall mid-range torque feel and then top end over rev. It signs off pretty damn early on a Suzuki. I would like to use third gear, as you guys know, but it's tough to do in corners on the Suzuki. You have to go down to second, and then you're going to have to shift early because second runs out pretty damn quick. So I wanted some more meat, some more um, mid-range pull from that thing. Now, we didn't dive into this engine so much because that was the least of our worries. So Suzuki needs to step up their suspension game a little bit, uh, as you know. Not a huge fan of the BFRC shock. Yeah, the I don't think not you bad. are either, right? Yeah, it, the shock. It's if you can get it, but it's just it's technical to get it dialed in, especially <clears> if you're every everyday guy. You're you know your blue collar guy. Yeah. Um, to really because when I, we we did that JGR setup our test, they were telling me on that shock that just a little bit of a turn is actually a lot on that right. on that shock. Yeah, it's very it's. You can go like eighth turn increments, and you can feel a difference. Yeah, and you can so you can get really over. You, you can, can yeah, you can you can go too crazy with it. Yeah, right? and not really even think you did a lot, but actually it shows a lot on the track. So we tried to focus our our efforts to the chassis and the suspension. Again, the 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 suspension, the shock is good on throttle. So when you're on throttle, it follows the ground pretty well. But anything off throttle, it just kind of forces a lot of weight to the front end. And becomes really imbalanced for me off throttle. So something that is really hard to get out of. But we did go with some Enzo suspension that you forgot to mention in our little rundown. Oh, I got it on my notes. But oh, okay. So I was going to bring that. Um, 
and I know we you've had some luck with FCP mounts. I personally thought they were only good on a on a couple bikes, which was one was Suzuki, one was Honda. Yeah, where these frames are stiff natured. So you had FCPs on there. Yeah, Chris, he hooked me up with some FCP mounts for my personal bike, and right. and I do preach that that is a very necessary mod if you are. So in- what does that do? So when you going from a stock mount feel to these mounts what do you feel on the track i guess the way i can i can explain it in layman's terms is like the bike feels more nimble all around you know it's just not bound up so much okay um i guess if you were to take like a two by four and that would be the rmz right yeah let's say you put a hinge on it cut in half put a hinge on it yeah and you get more flexibility all around the whole mm-hmm. bike it, it's it's crazy that those mounts just it's just mounts but they actually help that bike a lot right so i've talked about this little things like engine mounts torque specs those all go hand in hand with the chassis and how it flexes okay so the the rmz frame is not as stiff as a honda frame but i like the word that you said you said bound up it was like stiff feeling so in the testing world how you feel that on the track is let's say you're riding the track and it has some big size either a acceleration chop out of area three in the corner or you have some big braking bumps coming into a corner bound up feel in the chassis is not the first bump that you hit okay it's the bumps that you hit after the first bump is where you feel like a spike feeling where it just all of a sudden it feels like there's energy and then just it releases. Yeah, and it put you, put you out of, out of a berm. You'd stand up in a turn. And... Right. So that is the chassis feeling. That's the bound up feeling. If you have another chassis, let's take for instance a Kawasaki, you will go through those same bumps, and the bike doesn't react or have that energy side to side, up and down. It just remains pretty soft feeling and straight natured. That is that is not Suzuki. So. With these mounts, with FCP mounts, this kind of calms all of that down. I'm not saying you're going to get rid of it, and and I've ridden with them, and maybe I mean, it's up to you. Yeah, but it does lessen that energy a little bit. Yeah, it's it's a huge notice. Notice, you know, I rode both bikes back to back at Paris one day, mm-hmm. and you can see the you know the acceleration, uh, the bumps out of the turn, out of the rut. The FCP mount bike would just absorb that whole thing a lot better and just track straighter right and it would be more predictable hold the mic up like this well, there you go hey we're back hey i had a- dallas is actually a quiet dude so if it gets <laughs> quiet on me i'm really trying hard to balance these sound issues out with dallas sit back why up. is oh damn it is see pretty how low, low that is yeah that's do you see how high i am shit all right we're, we're just doing sound all right we're gonna we're gonna, Where's we're gonna step it up great, great radio bros see um, i feel like i gotta i gotta get closer <laughs> oh to there the, you go hey we're see? loud again there we go all right um so anyway, so FCP mounts help with dispersing some of that rigidity, energy, like like I like to call it. And so Ross, Yoshi, and the guys helped the suspension out. What did you feel? Because you had different suspension on your other bike. Yeah, I had no lean. Do okay, my... let's compare that. Uh, when I first did my suspension on my bike, mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was going to be that great. Like I, it was soft. And let, let's let's face it, dude. You're a blue collar dude. It's not like you're a test rider. So it's not like you're like, hey man, I notice everything. So some of you guys out there listening say, Kiefer, 
yeah, I'm going to spend 600 bucks to get my stuff revalved. Am I going to feel a difference? So this is great information because you spent the money to go get your own stuff done. And then I had Enzo do that. Yeah. Can you feel the difference from stock to Nolene versus Nolene to Enzo? Oh, yeah. Different. A lot of difference. You know, and and I thought that when I was going to get on the Enzo stuff that it was just going to be like crazy, blow my mind. But Nolene stuff wasn't terrible. Okay. And when I, you know, compare my bike and riding the the test test bike bike stock, Mm -hmm. my bike, I loved it. You know, even though it had Nolene suspension, it stuff was soft, but he did a good job on it. I didn't think he did at first, mm-hmm. but after riding the stock bike, and it really showed me how much more compliable my bike was and more predictable. Yep. Um, it, but it always was, like I said, with that shock, it's always tricky to get a good setting. So I had just pages of notes of different settings from different tracks right. that helped, so I'd always have to go back and forth. But with the Enzo stuff, it took a while because all the tracks were shut down. Oh, okay. So we were riding a lot of the Dez. Yeah. And, and nothing feels good out there. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it felt good. But right. then the first day we went to actually ride a track with that Enzo suspension out of, up at Mumford's. Yep. That's when. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, you know, you had a little, you had a little issue. Yeah, uh, the suspension felt really good out there, but then I, I ended up wadding it, so that was that day. Yeah. So then the bike was down for a little bit. I had to get a subframe, and it was a good one. Luckily, how bad that was, you were okay. Yeah, I was oh. like, I don't. That's my BMX cat reflexes. Yeah, it was. Somehow you stepped I got out of that, of that really nice. That was me. I probably would have been broken off pretty bad. But after that, we got the bike fixed, and you went to our tracks, Glen Helen. Glen Helen, yeah. Uh, so coming know. down the hill. So l- let's paint this picture. Would you would you say that it's fair that the Enzo character versus Nolene character is stiffer? A little stiffer, yes. Okay. Yes, uh, but I did like that because over time I have gotten faster. Okay. And that hold up and everywhere else, it it did help. But I did notice that the Enzo shock was way more predictable and it tracked a lot straighter than the, the no lean setup. Yep. And that could be be me just not having the right setup, but I did like the shock setting on the Enzo stuff. A so lot you went to uh we're gonna talk about the link, but a one oh six one oh six sag sag yeah. five mil on the fork height. Stock is pretty high on a Suzuki. So if you guys got a Suzuki and you're looking at your fork up in the clamp, set that thing back down to five. It'll calm it down a little bit. Let's say you do nothing else to this bike and you just drop your fork down a little bit. That's going to help you calm down. Yes, it'll hurt a little bit on turn in on that area, one of the corner. But for me, it doesn't because it actually calms the bike down enough to where I can get into the corner better without having oversteer. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned uh, the balance of the bike on the Enzo suspension. So you have more rear wheel connection? Yes. So that is key on this shock. So you have we, t- we mentioned the BFRC does pretty good on acceleration. So now we enhanced that a little bit, but we got better off-throttle. Yeah, off throttle was a lot better. Uh, a lot less um, pitching okay. and diving, and, you know, especially coming down that hill. I noticed from my bike to the bike with the Enzo suspension, I – I can kind of charge a little harder and not have to worry about getting kicked in the ass by the seat. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing. So it's it's a slippery slope when you have a, a stiffer natured chassis, and then okay, well now we got to soften the suspension to kind of compensate. Well then, now you have this wet noodle of a bike that rides low, and then you're still going to have that rigidity when you guys ride low, and you have that energy dispersing, and then you're going to deflect. So trying to keep a bike that holds up 
along with that stiff nature chassis is is very tricky but you're gonna have to really try to learn if you have a suzuki to ride it higher up in the stroke or get some valving that's a little bit stiffer so it doesn't ride too low where the energy gets dispersed even more if that makes sense to you guys so i'll give you an example if you guys if it doesn't make sense to you so a lot of for me when we had the honda crf 450r i've been in helping develop that bike since 2017 and my complaint was stiff 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 well the showa guys were like okay well that means we got to have maybe some softer settings so it kind of offsets that feel that you're feeling kefir when you hit square edge or bumps and you have that stiff head tube area well we went too far one day and it was like dude it's so much worse because now we're we're so low on the stroke that it feels like complete dog shit because now i'm low and now i'm going down the stroke and then when i get kicked it totally goes side to side and deflects worse so i'm thinking okay and i'm learning as i go here and i'm like okay well i need to go try a little bit stiffer so then they made a stiffer setting and to my surprise, and again, this is all blind testing, so I don't know what's going on. They went stiffer, and it was so much better. And then they come up to me and say, hey, well, we put a heavier spring in it. We went heavier spring in the back, and we went stiffer. So to relate that to the Suzuki, that's similar to me. So you guys make sure whoever's doing your suspension, Racetech, Enzo, Nolene, that they don't go too soft on the setting because chances are they could do that because of the nature of the frame. So make sure you tell them that. Act like you kind of know what you're talking about when you walk into your suspension shop. Do you do that, Dallas? I, uh, yeah, a little bit. Well, I, I've gotten better. <clears throat> and for that, for that, you know, for me with the stock spring, we ran the stock springs on both, both yeah, bikes. And what your buck, what? 175. Okay. You know, in, in underwear. So, all right. Uh, the stock springs worked fine. So. And, and honestly, the stock springs are for heavier guys on this bike. So you're anywhere between 170 to 190. You're probably going to run stock springs. If you're over two bills and I would say, yeah, heavier springs is necessary, but in stock form, production form, Suzuki has beefy springs on this bike, especially so just, on the 250. Yeah, well, 250s. Yeah, you can have two. You can be 200 pounds on the 250 and be fine. Yeah, so it's crazy. Um, so that's what we did the suspension. A little bit of chassis work with the FCP mounts, and that helped calm the bike down a little bit. At the end of this thing, I want to talk to you about a little bit of comparisons because you rode other bikes too. Some of my test bikes. Yeah, and I want to. Feel you oh, I'm, I'm all about it. Okay. I'm going to bring some love to the Suzuki. Okay. With, with so um, for whatever reason, you ran twin walls. Yep. So you gave me a pair of twin walls. I didn't know you were going to put them on Suzuki. I was like, Jesus. A- even Adrian, he's like, wow. He's like, you just put these off. You feel like you got a whole revalve set up. Seriously. You know? uh, for, I did cut the crossbar. You know, okay. I did that. So um, I like that, bend, that bar bend. Yeah, it's a lower bend. So he ran a 999 bend. And you can get away with a low bend on a Suzuki. Uh, the way the front end feels is a little bit tall, so when you have a low bend bar, it kind of helps that situation. Um, to Dallas's point, I'm five seven, so I mean, there you go. If if we took a, a Renthal fat bar, okay, and then we took a twin wall and cut it, or let's just say, let's just for shits and giggles, let's take the crossbar off, the crossbar off. So now you have a twin wall with, with no crossbar, and you have a fat bar. The twin wall with no crossbar flexes more than the rental fat bar. Can you believe that? Yeah, I believe it. I, I did not know that. But it, it's I've had, Twin wall kind of scares me, though. I remember the, a long time ago when I – do you remember John Burr racing? The, the, the shop? Yeah. Come on, dude. Okay, well, that was my first job. Okay. I was 12. 
And uh, I used to sweep the parking lot and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I remember I seen a pair of twin walls. I think when they're pretty new, but yeah, they, they broke off. Broke broke the side yeah, off. I mean, a couple of Supercross guys have done yeah. that last year too. I mean, I always think about that though when I think about. Twin but walls. I mean, it's you're gonna have that with any bar. Yeah, it's not just the twin wall. So we stuck that on there, and then what we did, we did some stuff with Adrian at Right Engineering. He makes a lot of parts for a lot of different bikes, and his his whole expertise is the chassis area. What I like about Adrian, he's a weird guy. You know, I love Adrian. He's a, he's from New York. He's a little different. He's a, he's a good dude, but he's a little weird. And I tell him this in front of his face. You're a weird dude. But what I like about Adrian is he will listen to what I have to say. If I don't like it, and I'm pretty brutal with Adrian, he will listen and try to change. Like, he really works hard on his clamps. Like, he knows, he knows hey, man, my clamps are a little bit um, more rigid than stock. I want to work on that. So he changes them. He's constantly working to change some things. The webbing in it. The stuff, webbing in yeah. it. You know, he worked on some new Honda clamps that will be coming out. He did some stuff here. And you mentioned, what is it with the clamps that are higher? or the... Uh, the clamps, so the clamps on the stock, they clamp the fork lower down in a lower position. Okay. So the ride clamps, they clamp in a higher up position. Okay. I'm not sure the the actual, actual number yeah, right. but they do clamp a little higher up that gives more flexibility to the actual fork legs there you go so stuff like that like i didn't know that and you actually told me that before the show started and i thought that was pretty ingenious i did not get to ride with these clamps but i have ridden with the the one millimeter longer arm and i do like that because it calms that whole rear end down a little bit especially off throttle but we went to a 22 millimeter offset versus 21.5 which is stock so what does that do for this bike? Uh, well, first we did the the lowering link. Okay. And then we did the clamps. Right. We wanted to do them separate to notice the difference. Um, with I'll go with the I'll, I'll go start with the yeah. the link first. Um, just because we did that test first. Go ahead. Um, we wrote we were testing at Milestone, and you know I tried to go by what you've heard from you in different pods and stuff like that. They just hit the same bumps over, so you can always right. notice the difference. Uh, with the link, you know, from stock, the bike wanted to always pitch. On stock? Yes. Uh -huh. You know, a lot of diving, a lot of kick in the coming in the braking bumps. Um, with the lowering link, it kind of settled everything down a little bit. Um, it, it was a pretty noticeable difference. Mm -hmm. uh, so for the amount that that mod is, I think it's like 220 or something for the that link. It's, it's definitely something that, and I've always talked to other Suzuki owners, like, you got to get a link. Like that's gonna help the bike a lot. Some people they don't care, you know, that they're just your normal guy and they, mm -hmm. they love the bike. Right. But then you got your racers guys that they know that they they want to make improve the bike. Right. So when that's, the track gets rough. You want something that's gonna be a little bit more compliant. Yes. So that helped all around the whole track basically. Coming in turns, um, coming out of turns, it was just it just tracked better. Um, a little, you know, you got a little less kick all over the whole track with that. So and, a calmer feeling. Yeah, and you can run a lower sag, so you can run a lower sag number. Which, higher sag. Higher sag? 106, because we were 108. Yeah. Oh, so higher sag. Okay. Even though the, the number is The lower, number's lower. Yeah, yes, that's what I'm saying. That so, means higher up in the rear. Yes. So so that that's going to help you overall, right. and um, I think that's that's the, one of the biggest things is so you can run that proper sag number. Yeah, so uh, usually on a stock BFRC, 108, 110 even to kind of calm that rear end down off throttle, right? So now you bring in a one millimeter arm in there, you're lengthening that, um, you can go back up to 106, 
and now you're dropping the fork down to five mil. This kind of balances the overall ride attitude of the bike out for me. Um, look, I've said this. I think other manufacturers have caught up to the cornering character of Suzuki's. I think Honda's pretty pretty good. Um, but man, there's something to be said in area two of a corner on a Suzuki. I think initial lean, Honda's pretty good. But man, for some reason, when I really want to dip it in in the middle of the corner, there's nothing like a Suzuki, dude. I've noticed that on videos, like photos. Yeah. Area two is always where I get my lowest point. Yeah, and this is where this bike is 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 heavy on paper, but feels super light in that area of the corner. So if it, you have a track that's ruddy or soft or has a lot of ruts, and I'm going to say this. I didn't even think about this. Loretta's, when I was there for the Amateur National, there is a shit ton of Suzuki's. And the dudes were doing really good. They got good starts. Uh, the guy seventy four. He didn't he win his class. I can't. There think was one name. guy in a thirty oh. class that that was in Paul Parabino's class that that won. He was on a Suzuki, rode good. Bike looked good. There's a guy in my class on a Suzuki, rode really good. Um, so if you're having a tighter, ruddier, softer track, this bike can be set up to be really good. But you do need to calm it down a little bit, which is why we went to twenty two clamps. So go ahead and talk about that. Uh well the clamps uh, to be honest you know I, I'm still right it's not like learning great testing you know I this. I feel like since I've known you that and when I was younger and I because I didn't race I didn't ride for a long time right. fourteen years so coming back in you got divorced because of dirt bikes no kinda oh yeah yeah so I I <laughs> not to take this to I did else, ride but. it was fourteen years off but I you know we're going off subject but it's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's what we do. So I, I had got a bike in 2015. I had got a great tax return. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, I got a bike. I got a 2011 KX450. First day back, I went out to Comp Edge. Do you remember that on the hillside track? You come around that. It was like a little step on table. Uh, I never anyway, went to, I never went to hillside. It was this, this section that yeah. I ended up tripling off, and it was pretty good. So uh -huh. I was, But I was out of shape. You know, it was my first time back. Ugh. And my friend breaks out the camera. So, so you, you, you weeded it the first time back? First day. Oh, my God. I break my ankle. What is wrong with you? Yeah, it was... You got to I was so excited. Okay, so anyway. My, yeah, anyway, so, so I... You break your shit off. I break my, break my shit. Uh-huh. My wife wouldn't even take me to the hospital. She made she's me... pissed. She made my friend... She's like, you did... Did this. she even want you to get a bike? She was okay with it. Okay. She was okay with it, but... Yeah, so... I didn't have the bike very long. I ended up getting divorced. She ended up wanting a divorce two weeks after that. You wanted you wanted to go ride dirt bikes. Like here's what Dallas told me. He's like, I remember being in at home, laid up, and my buddies invited me over and oh, yeah. <laughs> invited me to go to the track with them just to hang out. And I was like, I went and hung out with them. And she was so pissed. She came back. Came back. We went to Paula because I had basically been in the room for a couple weeks. Yeah, just like just, out, just, depressed, just right? hurting. Yeah. And uh, my buddy hit me up. He's like, hey, we're going to go to Paula. And you got up. I was like, all right, let's go. I need to get out of the house. So come back. She didn't text me all day. She was all pissed. And she's like, ah. So that I was the beginning I of, of your marriage because of this 2011 Kawasaki. Yeah. But it, it's, <laughs> it was a blessing in disguise. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. For sure. And, uh, if you got a chick like that, you got to bounce. Yeah. So I didn't have a bike. I had. So then after that going on, you know, you got all the bullshit of divorce. You got child support and alimony. I had 12 months of alimony I had to pay. And paying, you know, all that, I 
I wasn't having the money for Christmas for my kid. And I was just like, yeah, I'm over the bike. I'm going to sell it and then just catch up on stuff and I'll get one maybe later on. I didn't ever get one until 2018. That's when I got that. So this leads up to the Suzuki. That's what yeah, I'm saying. that leads so, up to the 14 Suzuki. Yeah. So I had the bike probably like 2014 Suzuki. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. I got it off uh, Jeff Jeff Jetton. Do you know who that is? Uh, no. It's a uh, MacRath's stepdad. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. He's cool. Cool dude. Super cool dude. Um, that bike was really taken care of. Was babied. I loved it, but then been arm arm army for a bit. Yeah. And that's because of cost. Yeah. Oh, I, I got a great great bike for a good deal, but I knew when I got that bike that I was going to dive in and I get super into it. So right. then I was like, I want a new bike. Right. So then I got the brand new 19. All right, let's rain it back in. Okay. 22 I know we went way off, way off, way off subject. 22 minute offset clamp. You're about to say you probably can't feel that much with it, right? I can't feel that much. Um, I've been working, like I said, to become a better test rider and actually make change and feel changes, but... That day, I didn't feel a whole, whole lot of difference. Right. So. And it's 0.5 mil, guys. Like, I don't know how many guys out there are going to feel that on the track. I can, but that's I'm a very I'm I'm super sensitive to a lot. You of things. can feel like the torque spec on a yeah. on a rear axle bolt. Yeah. You so, know, I can't I I can't do that. So, uh, for me, I don't think everyone needs this modification. Honestly, like I think the 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 engineering right engineering link is a must-have. I don't think this clamp is a must-have piece on the Suzuki. Looks good. It, no, Okay, that's another It point. looks good. You want the bling? I get it. I understand it. It will help you a little bit. It's not going to hurt, and it looks bitching. But if you're looking to be like, hey, man, you're a Suzuki owner, I don't know if you're going to be spending a shit ton of money because obviously you're buying a Suzuki because of cost. Why are you spending $700, $800 on some clamps, right? Yeah. And you're going only 0.5. Bar mounts, though, those... Now, that's what I was about to lead into. The yeah. right engineering one-piece bar mounts do save your ass. But you have bent those. I have. But, but that, was a, that was a gnarly crash. I've bent two sets. But not the actual mount. It's the actual stud. And right. those you can get from Adrian for 20 bucks. Right. To so replace those studs. The stock bar mount is junk. You can follow... Like, literally, I they fell twist. over in a corner. <clears throat> boom. Smoked. So Adrian's a little bit tougher. Yes, they'll still bend as well, but like you said, you can replace the studs. Twenty bucks, easy. And if you're gonna crash, people like you're gonna wad. Shit's gonna bend. Don't expect your bike just to be fine. Like you came up from three stories up and ate shit. So things are jacked up. AKA subframe pipe, yeah. bar mounts, all that. So look into the one piece bar mounts. They won't twist when you ride. Honestly, it's funny because I was testing with Suzuki last year. And I was hitting corners pretty hard, and I was like, "Dude, why is my bars off set, off centered from the front wheel?" Because sometimes when you come into a corner so hard, you bend those bar mounts. That's really? how shitty they are. Damn. So look into the one piece bar mount. All right, FMF full stainless system. You said it's three pounds lighter. Three pounds. I uh, I te- I checked it out on my my bike scale yeah. and it was a, a full three pounds and that's not even the that's tie stainless. one so stainless. I, honestly i don't think tie would be that much lighter maybe a half a pound i don't remember what it was because i looked it up um on my way over here but i was going to i didn't but um the stainless is fine um it doesn't look as bitching but it's still it, i mean you're losing three pounds nothing that's huge that exhaust is a tank it's a monstrosity yeah it looks i would say it holds that bike up too that exhaust the fmf really opened it up and the Kawasaki and Suzuki got uh, just horrible muffler designs. 
The stick's out. Everyone's pissed. That's one thing about the Cowie I can't get over. You know, it's it's really... It's, but you it's stick an there. aftermarket one on there. Looks the Pro better. Circuit looks good. Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's commercial time. Stick with me. Listen to these commercials. Get a discount code and make your life easier. We'll be back. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. FMF, fast mother, bleep, nah, Flying Machine Factory, that's what it stands for. Go to FMFRacing.com, you got a four-stroke, two-stroke, they've got what you need. Trust me, older two-stroke pipes and silencers, they have it, they still make them. You got a newer four-stroke, you want some extra horsepower, they got that too. But most importantly, if you guys want to look cool at the track, maybe you want to make your chick look cool. You want to wear a cool hat, or you're a two-stroke guy, and you want a shirt that says mixing gas and hauling ass. Go to fmfracing.com. They got a whole merch section. Trust me, it's real. there's a lot of stuff over there. It looks pretty cool. So Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some money on the merch. I suggest you go do it. I have a two-stroke shirt, and I don't even wear freaking two-stroke shirts. That's how cool this thing is. So... Go to fmfracing.com, save yourself some money, and of course, you have any problems, you have any concerns, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and hopefully I can guide you in the right direction on FMF products. I know a lot about them, so trust me, they're good, quality built. There's even a guy back in the dining room you probably never heard of. His name is George. He is a wizard. He is the one just grinding away, doing all of the dyno testing, handing the the stuff off to me at times to test. He's a smart dude. FMFRacing.com. Go visit the site. It's a cool site. Go get some merch. Save yourself some money with Kiefer Inc. Thank you, guys. Are you an older guy like me? I'm 43, and I still love to go race dirt bikes. If you're like me, go to OregonOldTimers.com. They're just not racing in Oregon. They got a race coming up at Glen Helen September 5th and 6th. They have a Mesquite, Nevada race, October 31st and November 1st. Bring the family, long motos, classes for everyone, very cool organization, and it's run very good. It's not this thing you're going to be sitting around all day waiting to ride, and when you do ride, you got five laps. Longer motos, fun to get in shape, hang out with your family, hang out with your buddies, go race some dirt bikes, go to OregonOldTimers.com. And check out the schedule. And if you guys have any questions, hit me up, Chris, at KeeferInkTesting.com. And I'll be more than happy to help you out. See you guys at the race. Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, BLUDLubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike, Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain. And uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils. And uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff. Because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. 
did some temperature readings. It was a little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check him out, bloodlubricants.com. Screenprintingdone.com. You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to screenprintingdone.com. Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, screenprintingdone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and screenprintingdone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Firepowerparts.com. Excellent batteries, longer life. They're great batteries. I have them in all my test bikes. And hey, they make chains, very good chains. My chain on my YZ450F is about 12 hours deep, still good. And of course, they have oil too. Firepowerparts.com. They keep adding new products to their line. So go check out the website. It's very cool, firepowerparts.com. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to ProTaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars. You don't want a crossbar. ProTaper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half-waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The Race Cut grips. Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy, so go check them out, protaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to keyforinktesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Keyforink Testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? Protaper, protaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding. 720-212-4685. You guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. You guys looking to buy a new bike? 2021s are out. Go to Power Motorsports. That's right, they're in Oregon, powermotorsports.com. If you guys want a deal on a Yamaha, ooh, or a Kawasaki, Ah, or maybe, just maybe, you want a KTM. They got them all there. They have Kiefer Inc. testing special discounts. 
Email me, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I will get you in touch with David Sibley. That's right, David Sibley at Power Motorsports. He knows the drill. He knows Kiefer Inc. Testing gives the best deals possible, and so do Power Motorsports. Hit him up, powermotorsports.com. Thanks for listening to these commercials. Now we're back with the show. Uh, so what the FMF system does for me, and I've ridden with this, I had a little bit of time with us with the guys over at FMF, like I wanted... It doesn't gonna it's not gonna give you more bottom in. It actually smooths out the bottom in a little bit. It broadened that mid range up and then opened up the top in a little bit. So now I have a little less delivery on the front side of the of the curve, but in that middle portion I get a little bit more pulling power and then it stretches the top in out a little bit. So for me, you guys can try putting the insert in or out. I left mine out on this specific motorcycle. Some actually like the insert in like yamaha's like insert in um at times i've had the husqvarna insert in that was better so there will be an insert if you guys purchase a muffler and you guys might think it's a spark arrestor okay whatever you guys want to call it but don't just chuck it keep it you may need that one day if you want some more back pressure so did you feel anything on the fmf yeah it, it everything just you know way more crispy Crispy, crispy. Oh, okay. Just it, it made everything a smoother, smoother throttle character. Um, Can you say crispy again? Crispy. Okay, thanks. Yeah, every, you know everything. It just kind of opened everything up. The the stock exhaust it, it holds that bike back. What are you writing down crispy? I'm writing down the timestamp so I can use that for a later time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, you know I, I noticed that the overrev was got the I did that test at LACR mm-hmm. and that tracks fast track. Um, I didn't. A horrible track. That's it's and not. I, I, I'm not even hate comment it. Like, I think if they would not backblade everything yeah, and let a little floaty, burmy, fluff no it ruts. a little bit more. Lame. Yeah. And it's wide open to jumps to berms. It's good in the winter. Okay, good. It's good in the winter. Go ahead. Okay. Anyway, that it. You got me it's way right, off man. now. I'm thinking stainless. Go ahead. System. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it it brought. The whole, I, everything just felt a lot smoother. Um, the, I think what cl- you're saying, it, the crispiness that you're talking yeah, about cleaned, is the RPM response. RPM response. It right. cleaned that up. Right. A lot more responsive. Mm-hmm. And Are you a stock coupler guy on the, on the RMG? White coupler. You're white coupler guy. Yeah. Okay. So I went back and forth on this. So the white coupler, I think, will help the crispiness <laughs> of the bike. All right. The crispiness of the motorcycle will kind of give you some more little... It just make it more exciting, I guess. That's a good word for it. Make it more exciting, liven it up down low. But it does give it more excitement. I yeah, think. but it does shorten up the top end. So with this muffler, it kind of helps that along with the white coupler. I've tried the green and the white. I'm good either way. Um, I never went with the the was it the gray one. I never used that. The one. Rich. Yeah. Yeah, the rich is too much. It runs really dirty. So yeah, for those of you guys, just throw that thing in the trash. That gray one's no bueno. So go green or white. You went white. I was fine with it. I like that. But when it does get warm outside in the summertime, I went back to green. And it's a little bit better. Oh, really? So just the delivery of it. So, um, And also that was with T4 fuel. I ran T4 in my bike, and it was it was good. Hold that mic like that. Why are you holding it like a gangster? <laughs> Sideways? Yeah, like you're trying to bop, 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 like shoot me <laughs> on the side or something, dude. Hey, man, I'm doing what I can. Um, so T4 what? What would you say? Uh, I ran T4 for the Mammoth Qualifier on, on my bike. Yeah. And it feels good. Yeah, more 
Crispy. <laughs> Way more crispy. Yeah, crispy. Yeah. Uh, sprocket change, you made that? Yeah, I went to a 51 tooth. Um, with, with, with that, That's though. That's basically the Jody. It, it did the Jody. Okay. Um, I like it on certain tracks mm-hmm. because I can ride third gear basically the whole track. Yep. I do. That's a, not good at Glen Helen. It's no good. No, it's you're you're getting fourth gear a lot. Yeah, Talladega. And Talladega, all that. certain other spots. Um, it's it's nice, but you do run out and you gotta you gotta upshift. So you do run out of that. So you'd rather go to a fifty at a faster track. Yes, one hundred percent. Fifty one at a tighter track like Paris. Paris, uh, fifty one is good. Okay, and. Uh, it's it's really it's just there like the power is is there a little bit better okay um so, so basically it's, it's more snappy it has better recovery right better recovery um so if you look under the in dictionary it says there next to it, it says recovery <laughs> all right there it's you there go there better it's there Th- thank you thank you i got you um for a while so i was talking to uh rich taylor mm-hmm. and he was show he showed me on his bike that he even for supercross he runs the rear axle back further. So yep. we put a new chain on even with the 51 tooth and I ran it back further and that helped a lot with more stability. Okay. And it, it helped in stock form. Where is the axle? In it's relation? about middle. Okay. And then if you put a 51 on you it's with your chain length, um, it's going to bring it a lot forward. forward. So you got to make sure you get a 120 link chain and cut it to desired. Yeah. So right. I did that and, I had it forward for a while and it was fine, but when I actually got the newer chain and then I pulled it back more, it was a lot better. I remember you better. saying that. You're like, dude, I need to go back on my freaking wheel placement because I was uh, basically getting a little bit of deflection. And that will happen when you have the rear wheel up farther. Even in Supercross, guys, you, wa- you look at the wheels in Supercross, you think, ah, oh, it's tight. Supercross, you want it forward. No, that's old school thinking. Get that rear wheel back. The dimensions of the Suzuki, when you look at them on paper, they're, they're pretty short. Short, yeah. So you want to push that rear wheel back. And that, trust me, guys, when you do that, that affects a lot of other areas. I have tried the KTM. Example, another example. 1452 gearing on a KTM works good at times. But then at certain tracks when that rear wheel was back, I, li- I disliked my fork because it was more weight off throttle coming to my fork so i had to stiffen up my fork so it does change some shit i agree with the suzuki needs that rear wheel back so like i said in supercross most of these dudes are running that back for the whoops to get traction to get more straight line stability and then they're adjusting their fork height to compensate for lean and cornering so again let's try to get this thing planted let's drop that fork to five mil let's get that rear wheel back which i agree it's cool that you did that and buy a 120 link chain I don't know how many of you guys email and say, hey, what link chain should I get? I'm, I go, dude, just buy a 120 link, cut it, and you can run it wherever the fuck you want. That's why I did. She's a grinder. I always buy a 120 link. That's all I do. I don't ever like look on the rental site, oh, my gearing takes 118. Like, no. Because that's where the production guys have it. So then you have to run it there. So if you guys want to open up a little bit of some testing knowledge, Get a 120 length, cut it. It's easy to go by. You can, I mean, if you don't have a chain breaker, it's easy to use. Shit, I'm I'm a dumbass and I can use a chain breaker. I so, just use a grinder. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, dude, I just chain punch. breaker, dude. Motion Pro chain breaker. Boom, done. Well, you I got pr- my Harbor Freight grinder at work too. Really? Yeah. But then you got to put it in a vice. No, then... no, no. I just do it on the bike. 
grind it's, it on the bike. Yeah, he, he like he, a little like a little Makita one. Yeah, and then you just hit the hit it with a punch, knock that link out. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand how to right do in. it, but I didn't know well, on safety reasons. I just don't do it on the bike. Well, that's fine. High des. That's high des. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about durability. Let's go. How many hours? Uh, my personal bike, sixty nine hours. Perfect. Perfect. I mean, you couldn't yeah. even sell the bike. It was at a sixty-nine more time hours. I know. Than sixty-nine hours. Yep. Jesus. I know. That's good. Uh, yeah. My my bike had sixty-nine hours. We didn't have a. No wonder you got fifty-three hundred dollars for it. I know. I was... All you do is on Craigslist and say, "RMZ four fifty sixty-nine hours." Calls your phone's ringing off the hook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you had nothing. You knew shit to it, right? Uh, I no. Um, the only thing I I noticed with my bike was. The fasteners for the seat and the subframe, they stripped out. Okay. One of my buddies. Is that from you or is that just from time? That's probably me. Okay. You know, it went to the point where you you feel it come loose. So you're like, I went too far or whatever. The, the threads were just weak. Uh, one of my buddies, he, he helped me. We opened that up a little bit and put a, a bigger size fastener in there mm-hmm. and uh, problem solved. No engine problems. No engine problems. Clutch? Um, I had a Henson in it. Okay. Um, I, now, have you checked the valves in 69 hours? I never checked the valves. Never checked the valves, stock piston, everything. Yep. Hmm. I changed the oil every four hours. With what oil? Uh, for At first, I was running the Rotella T4. Mm-hmm. I know. I talked to Chad, XPR. No good. He's like, you know what? I'd change it. So you go to blood. So I hit up blood. Mm-hmm. And Scorpion got, blood got or with, 1040? 1040, the mm-hmm. Pro Series. Yep. Yep. And... I noticed I can probably go a little longer with that oil because when, at four hours I was pulling it out and it was still red. Right. It was good. But I was still sticking to four hours because I'd rather do oil than to do a motor. Yeah, blood racing, uh, guys, you guys want a discount on that stuff, hit me up, Chris, at keyfringtesting.com. Jeff over there has got good oil. I'm running that in my test bikes as well. I run fire, firepower oil as well, but the blood stuff's really good. Like, it, it makes... Look, I'm pretty hard on my clutch, and it makes my clutch last a little bit longer. I mean, if it's like two hours more, I'll take that. I'm good. So uh, you can check them out, bloodlubricants.com, but that's cool that you – I didn't even know you. You actually emailed me or told me that. You're like, hey, I got Jeff's yeah. email, and then you got the stuff hooked up. So that's cool. Yeah, actually, speaking of clutch, you know, we had the stock clutch on that test bike. I never changed it out. How many hours on test bike? I don't know. We didn't – Yeah. Yeah, you I never think... gave me a – well, you never gave me an uh, hour meter. Yeah, that's true. That was my fault. But I would say, I'd, I'd, I'd say at least 50. I don't think that much. I, I think I would think we're in the in the 40 range. May, maybe. Because you, you did it ride was, a lot. It was, off, was down for a while, In though. the wintertime, you did ride that thing more than the other bike. Yeah. I was riding a lot more than, than my bike. Yeah. But, um, yeah, stock clutch. How could I not give you an hour meter? That's bullshit on my part. I kept asking you. You know, it's my fault. Yeah, that's that's rare right. that I do that. That's all right. So hey, we're all bad. bad. I'm I'm probably. So you lot. guys can rip my ass on the Instagram on that that I didn't give you an hour meter. So it's my fault. Um, <laughs> but overall, we want to talk about durability because it gets a bad rap. I've been, I've had other bikes that have took have shit the bed way sooner than a Suzuki have. Um, you had sixty nine. We had forty something on this one. We never checked the top end. We never checked the valves. Uh, Honestly, and you're a good B rider. Like, thank you. Yeah, you're a good B rider, and I feel like you can ride a, a dirt bike at a good level. That you will wear through some shit, and it held up good. 
and you do crash a lot. Uh, yeah, sadly. God, you crash a lot. We got to work on that. I, yeah, we do. Especially if I want to give you another test bike. I, I can't be calling these guys, hey, man, I need sub ramps. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I felt so bad. You know I did. <laughs> so Suzuki has a good good thing going with durability. Uh, maybe uh, some of that residual back in the day. I think maybe that bike's been the same for so long that, you know, it's... Here's the thing Maybe they've worked out those kinks. Here's the thing. You got Vital. Yeah. You got one dude that says, oh, my, 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 my bike took a shit. And then you got Joe Blow that says my bike took a shit. And then you may have three people on a vital on a ten page vital thread on a vital thread that has a problem with Suzuki's. Three. Okay? And they think there's a problem. And then what happens is I get these emails. Kiefer, I'm hearing that this has a problem. No. There has been times where I haven't had a problem and things have arose from other consumers. But for the most part, if some shit's gonna happen, it would run through this area. Like, I have had problems with the Kawasaki before. I've had problems with the Yamaha batteries. I've had problems with KTM fuel filters. It has run its course through this testing area in the high des. Suzuki hasn't had nothing. I've had zero problem. The last time I had a Suzuki issue was that Dirt Rider, and I forgot to put oil in the fucking crankcase. Damn. And it lasted an hour and a half. Serious? Yes. That's pretty good. I, I think it with I was the, at sunrise and I was riding the shit out of it and then my bike blew up and I was like, Hey, Jimmy Lewis, the bike blew up. Well, come down here, let's tear it up. We opened it up dry as shit. That, that, that's, that's really my, good. That's me. An hour. So hour and a half on whatever oil was in there from draining it. That's it. So kudos to Suzuki guys. Chris Wheeler, man, he uh he's gotta be pulling his hair out over there. Suzuki's got a new president, so hopefully the racing side of things will get better over there as well for 2021. JGR has a new sponsor that I can't talk about now, but they do have a new sponsor that's lined up, so they seem to be safe. So hopefully this new president at Suzuki will help things along. I do hear that Suzuki has a ECU tuning tool for 2021, so we don't have to use the couplers. We'll be able to tune it like the Kawasaki tool. We can uh, change the mapping. I know this has been in circulation in Australia and some other countries, but we haven't had that tool here in America. But from what I hear, that's going to happen in 2021. So we're going to get that. Hopefully by next month we'll have new Suzukis. Would you want a Suzuki again? Yeah. I, I did. But you're an abandoned. You're, you, now that we're at the end of this podcast, let's just, let's just say it. You abandoned ship. I I did. I'm, you're gonna go ride red. I'm gonna ride red. Maybe because you're having dreams about Kawasaki's. Yeah, had a dream about Kawasaki, but and I've been wanting the Cowie. I I rode Cowies. So you're gonna spend ten thousand dollars on a new Honda. Yep. Coming from the RM Army, where you said I need to save money, and now you're buying the most expensive bike. They look good. <laughs> so that is your basis. That's 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 the basis of okay. your expenditure. Is look bike it. Looks it's good. got new. St- I know it's a Suzuki podcast. I'm not gonna go there. No, let's do it. Uh, they got good stuff. Honda? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I know. Yeah. I really hope Suzuki turns it around. I think they will. It turns it around. We just said it was good. I think that to get with the times. Okay. That's so you're talking about let's get rid of the Kickstarter. Yes. Maybe, I'm, maybe lighten it up a little bit. Lighten it up. A little rest, less rigidity. Yes, rigidity. Yes. Um, Who knows? But I think that they will it has come out with some up. It's got crispiness. Okay. So FMF. that's good. But for me... I'm gonna be straight up. I would not buy a Suzuki. It's just not. It's just not for well, me. Well, look at you. You're, you know, you're 
You're you. What does that I, mean? You're you. You're you freaking. Well, you're me. <laughs> you ride really well, and you're you're, you're you. <laughs> you know, well, you wouldn't need a Suzuki. That, but, not because it's a piece of shit. No, but because it just doesn't fit how I want to ride. Exactly. And for me, I would ride. Motorcycling means so much to me. Riding dirt bikes means so much to me, and riding at a high level at this point in my life still is important for me. I don't think I can ride that bike at my highest level. Now that. But being said, that doesn't mean you enjoy riding. You love it. But you're not out grinding every day on the bike. You're not out racing every weekend. You still got to go to fucking work. And you use the dirt bike as a tool to help your mind Yes, enjoy it. Just like you do on your BMX bike, right? I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So Suzuki fits that. Because people always say, well, Kiefer, would you buy one? And no, I would not buy one. Silence. Hey, it's okay. Like... But for you, it works. For me, it works. And there's a lot of people that, that they have bought them. And I'm like, I always go up to people. You know, yeah. the yeah, Suzuki wave, the wave. The Jeep wave thing. Yeah. Um, I'm like, how do you like it? Dude, I like, fucking love it. it. Dude, I love it. It's right. People people talk shit and they don't even know. So That's what I'm saying. Just because I won't buy one doesn't mean it's a shitty bike. Well, you wanted to talk about me riding the other bikes. Yeah. So I rode the K- KTM 20.5 factory edition. Yes, you did. And I like that bike. It's really good. Yes. And I thought that after getting off that bike, or at, before I rode it, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to want to touch my Suzuki again after this thing. It's going to be like the holy grail. Right. I was actually not very bummed to get back on the Suzuki. I liked it. It felt fine. What did What did you feel Suzuki did better than the KTM? I like the rider trying the ergos better of the Suzuki for okay. me. I feel like the KTM. I sit way up higher. Okay. The pegs are higher. I'm I'm up a little. I like the the deep filling pegs on the on the Suzuki, just the ergos better. I like the narrowness. Anything else like on track feeling? Um, what about the power? What did you like better, KTM or Suzuki? KTM. It's more for me. It was more predictable because the, the, to the ride. Suzuki was more predictable for yeah, me. Yeah. The KTM man, you'd be on it and you wouldn't even know. And next thing you know, we're jumping a jump because you had all that connectivity, and all that traction. <laughs> Dude, I, that I back mean, table. Who wants that? Like, who needs? Yeah, cards? but I had to. I had to. <laughs> I had to. I had to tone it down because. Hey man, <laughs> can you give me some wheel spin on this some bitch? Because I need some wheel spin to monitor my jumping habits right now. It was there, and I, next thing you know, I'm over <laughs> jumping the jump. So I, no, I talked about that. Like it's deceiving. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I I felt I, that's just me knowing my bike. So. Right. And anything other bikes that you rode? Uh, I've ridden the Yamaha. I haven't ridden your your you don't Yamaha. Don't like the Yamaha. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, why? It just feels big to me. Yeah, I get it. Like I know that I say, "Hey, it doesn't feel big," but like when I ride the KTM, and even I run the Suzuki, I get back on a Yamaha. I'm like, "Ooh, it does feel big." But then I like it takes the... me a couple hours, and I'm fine again. Like if that's all you ride, the Yamaha feels fine. But once you go back, I guess it's like being married to your ex-wife, right? You don't know any better, and yeah. you leave, and you find something better. You're like, oh shit, this is way better. Yeah. So in that. Width area, the KTM Suzuki's feels much more narrow than yeah. The Yamaha. And same with the other bikes. Uh, you can't go wrong with the suspension on the Yamaha, though. No, it's good. It's good. Stock. It's good. If you put that suspension on the Suzuki, mm-hmm. I would. Pff, it'd be really good. You know what else is good about Suzuki too is parts. Parts are not that expensive. They're not. I I uh, when you weeded always it, a, well when you weeded it, I I did the math on all these parts. And it would have been the parts that you would have been like 400 bucks. That's not bad. No. And you can get that at RockyMountainATVMC.com. Hey, you know what the good thing, though, is you can go to a dealer 
and you can kind of bargain with them like, hey, dude. On a Suzuki? Let me get this Suzuki sprocket. You know, you're not going to sell it. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you done that? I've done that. Really? He's like, it's going to sit here. Take it. I'll give you, you know. Really? Yeah. I'll be down. Yeah. At a Suzuki dealership? Well, a parts a parts dealer. Okay, so just like, an, uh, just like, like a, a cycle gear or yes, something like that. Yeah, something oh, like that. Okay, okay. okay. Not, not really cycle. They're pretty much... They not them, but like a mom and pop shop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a local. Yeah. What do we have here? Avid. Yeah. Right. That's where it was. I was like, "Hey, man, you're not going to sell that sprocket." Right. He's like, "What tires do you run on this thing?" Stock tires are trash to me. Which is thirty three Bridgestones. Bridgestones. That's yeah. what comes stock on that. Yeah. Thing? I think I think that alone. This is me personally talking. I gotta get back on the Suzuki train because I'm out of touch. I think that if they had, maybe on your shootout. Just put them, make sure they're all in the Dunlop 33s or whatever they are. Okay, so we've done that at Dirt Rider. Like, we all put everybody on the same tire. Yeah. But then I get heat from the manufacturer because we developed this bike with this tire. Now you're putting something else on. We don't know if it works. Just, blah, blah. just tire, changing the tire for me was a so, big difference. I'm fine with that. Like, honestly, I, I'm fine either way. So, yeah. MX-33 is no better. <clears throat> well, the rear one's fine. The rear one's fine. The front's a piece of trash. Dunlop knows this. 3S. 3S is available, people. Get a 3S. I ran the 3S and the 33 rear That's setup. Fine. That's fine. It was great. Yeah, it's it's totally fine. But yeah, Bridgestone X20 or X30? 30s. Mid, yeah, the mid. It, that's no bueno. Yeah, I didn't like them. No, not very good. So either get yourself an MX3S 33 combo or 32 Pirelli mid-soft. Those are good tires. Good carcass feel. Um, I was running the Michelin even the Hoosiers. Lot. Hoosiers are good. You uh, ran a Hoosier before. Yeah, I ran the Hoosiers for a while on my personal bike. And they don't last long, but... They don't last long, but they're... Really good. They're really good. Yeah. They're there. It's there. There? Yeah. It's there, yeah. The power's <laughs> there and it's crispy. <laughs> I got a timestamp for crispiness. All right, any final words you want to talk about the RMR before we head out of here? Uh, not really. He's off of it now, though. He sold his bike, 69. I thought you were going to talk about Fly. Yeah, you know... You, Fly is good enough now. Like you're a shift guy, and now all of a sudden, shift's not shift's not going anywhere. By the way, I, I know they're they're back, but whatever. So flyracing.com, you're you're fly guy. I got some stuff coming for you. So you see, Dallas Dunn. I put Dunn sixty nine on the back of his jersey. <laughs> so uh, just so you know how many hours he had on a Suzuki. There you go. Sixty nine. Uh, I could never run that number. Dallas is single, by the way. So if you uh, are listening to this and have a wife that have uh, hot friends, oh, fuck. Dallas Dunn is uh, single. Yeah, he is a single dad. So uh, he's looking to uh, connect with someone up here in the high des or somewhere else. He is fine with that. So thank you very much. Um, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. It's been fun. Sometimes we go off the rails, but that's what makes it fun. Like we talk about dirt bikes all the time. It's okay to go off about divorce for about three minutes it's okay yeah it happens i know you like that part probably I do probably more than the suzuki talk look coffee with the kefers we're about to do another episode and i got a couple people that want to sponsor that but i gotta find the right fit like a cbd company wants to sponsor it the co- some other coffee company wants to sponsor it. but i'm like i only want to take sponsors from things that i like i'm not really sold on cbd yet so i'm trying it i'm trying the product i was using it but I can't because work. Yeah, well, because it might have THC in it. Yeah. I, you know, who knows what it has, and I'm not about that life either. So we're trying some stuff, but it's fun to talk about other things. It is than fun. Dirt bikes. It but is you fun. know what? It's all connected. Relationships, dirt bikes. I'm not talking about politics. I don't care about that. Yeah. But relationships, home life, dirt bikes, it's all connected. So uh, I appreciate you guys listening to it and hanging tough, even though we go off the rails sometimes. And 
of course, you guys supporting our advertisers. You have any questions? Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. If you guys want some merch, click the shop button on KieferInkTesting.com, and there is some new stuff out there right now. Heather will ship it, or Heather at KieferInkTesting.com, and she can dial you in. Yes, we do ship to the United Kingdom. Yes, we do ship to Australia. Yes, we do ship to Europe. Even though the corona has us locked down in the United States, somehow, some way, that shirt or hoodie will find its way over to Europe for you. Corona free. Just FYI. So this has been the Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast. I appreciate you listening. And don't forget, go out in your garage, pet your Suzukis, because she is what? What? Crispy. Crispy.